Hey, it's Samantha, and welcome back to another episode of Yours Truly. I'm thrilled to introduce our incredible guest, Emma Dunwoody, a qualified master coach and human behavioral specialist with a powerful mission to unlock the potential within each of us through her unique method of transformational human design. Now, in this episode, Emma's gonna guide us on, you know, what in the world human design is and how we can apply human design to enhance both our personal and professional day-to-day lives. Also, we're gonna tap into your inner wisdom, regain control, make confident decisions, yada, yada, yada. You gotta stay and listen to the episode to learn more. So don't miss this opportunity. Let's dive in and unlock the secrets in living authentically and prosperously with Emma Dunwoody. I am super excited about our conversation. Would love to have like a brief overview of like what human design is. So human design uh, is a synthesis of four ancient wisdoms, which is um, Western astrology, the chakra system, the I Ching, and the Kabbalah tree of life. And it's also synthesized with things like quantum physics, like the things that we're starting to understand about how the universe works and fractals and all of those sort of things. So when all of these um, wisdoms and sciences come together, what it gives us is our own energetic blueprint. So we live in this time where people are striving to be authentic, to heal trauma, to fulfill their purpose, and to, you know, call in really beautiful and resourceful relationships. And basically our human design is our energetic blueprint or our treasure map to be able to live that that great, ex, you know, expression of ourselves, our most authentic self. So how is this different than other Enneagram tests? Let's say like a DISC assessment, which I've done in the corporate world or a Myers-Briggs test. How is human design different than those? Yeah, so this is actually one of my favorite questions because I'm actually a a certified profiler myself. So I'm certified in a number of different profiling tools. And of course, when I first started using them in my business, which was all in corporate at the time, um, I loved the power of them because what it did is instead of treating everyone the same way and making massive assumptions, we could actually understand. And from a coach point of view, I could be a better coach because I understood the individual and the individual could, of course, understand themselves better. So make better decisions, follow things that they're good at and uh, for um, and those sort of things. So how human design is different is that whenever we're using DISC or Myers-Briggs, we do that through a process of answering questions. Now, if you just go onto um, the, onto the internet and you just Google it and you go away and you do a profile, let's say you do your Enneagram, any of them, you're answering questions from the mind. So you're answering the questions from who you think you are. Now, if you're just doing it online, then you don't even have a facilitator that's helping you get to that place where you're going to access more of your unconscious mind. Now, what happens is that when we answer these questions, we're coming from this place of who we think we are and not who we actually are. And what that gap is called is cognitive dissonance. So our cognitive dissonance, our gap is relatively big. Although these tools are really powerful, I mean, we've all done them. We've all gone, wow, yeah, I really resonate with those bits. With human design, because it's our energetic blueprint, it is taken from two specific, you know, moments in time. So when you're born and approximately three months before you were born, and it's a reading, if you like, of the neutrinos, these subatomic particles that pass through your body at that time, leaving all of these energies, these themes, these essences. And 
there is no deciding who you are with the mind. So the cognitive dissonance is much smaller because you're given this energetic roadmap. Now, what human design gives us differently is it really helps us to understand, well, this is how I'm designed to be. This is how I'm designed to make decisions. This is how I know something is correct for me or not correct for me. So it's putting the power back in the driver's seat. Instead of sort of putting you in a box, um, even though it might be a very defined box um, and give you real insights to who you are and how you operate and why you like the things that you like and the things that you don't like, it's still a box. Whereas with human design and especially transformational human design that that I've created, which integrates things like the gene keys and transformational coaching as well, this actually gives you that potential to say, okay, well, what is true for me? Um, You know, what is correct for me? Um, How does my specific energy work? How am I designed to make the best decisions? So it brings the power back to the individual instead of us having to constantly go external for looking for guidance, advice, um, answers, all of these things that actually lie within us. um, Yeah, so human design gives us the map to access all those answers that lie within us. Now, you mentioned that you are certified in all those other assessments. Do you recommend that the power of human design mixed with those other assessments is a great combination to have? I think, you know, like I think it's Socrates that said, you know, know thyself. I think the more you can know yourself, the better. I'm, I'm one of those people who fundamentally believes that it doesn't matter what path you take as long as you take the path. So sure, if you want to integrate those other modalities, I know for me personally, because I came from a very science, um, evidence-based background, they worked for me because the science was there, the research was in, um, and they were really, really powerful. But what they don't have that human design has is they put me in the power seat to, to be dynamic. It's, it's a movement. So they, for me, let's say in eDisc, I'm an IS. So I understood all of these things about my my personality and my behavior, but it's just my personality and my behavior. I can't then make further assumptions or decisions or, um, you know, I can't expand on that without accessing, going back to the the, the expert or the research or the, the body of work. Whereas with human design, you can constantly, you're constantly learning. You're constantly going through this process of using your strategy and authority to go, okay, is this true for me? you know, how do I want to respond to that? So I believe that anything is great as long as it gets you where you want to go. Are you getting the results? So if you want to integrate your Myers-Briggs or your Enneagram because it resonates with you, great. But if you're integrating these things, including human design, just so that you have an excuse not to do things, so you can avoid the hard things, so you can put, you know, say, well, I'm this type, so therefore I can't blah, 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 then then there's no point, you know, if it's not getting you the results, then put it down and move on. How did you first discover um, human design and what made you passionate about it? Mm, I love this question. So I first discovered it, there was, I think, two or three people that brought it to my attention. And each time that happened initially, I learned about my design. So I'm a emotional three, five um, manifesting generator. So I kind of read, especially the old knowledge when I first came to my experiment, it was really negative. And my profile specifically, 
you know, they basically said, well, you'll just always be falling down and making mistakes. You know, life's going to be hard. And I was like, no way. Like, I'm a behavioralist and that's a belief. And a belief is nothing more than a convenient assumption. No, I'm out. So I put it down. Um, the second time it was brought to me, um, the person that shared it with me was like, oh, I'm a projector and I'm this and I'm that. And I was like, mm, I want to be what you are. I don't want to be what I am. So again, I put it down and I walked away. And then the third time, um, it was actually after I had been looking for my purpose and I, I'd gone to the other side of the planet. I'd gone to walk the Camino, which is an 800 kilometer or 500 mile pilgrimage to discover my purpose. And I said to the universe at the end of it, I'm like, all right, you need to hit me over the head with what my purpose is. I'm like 86% there, but there's something missing. What is it? And when I arrived home, everyone asked me about human design within that 24-hour period. So I Googled best human design uh, teacher or something like that um, in Australia, and there was only one, and she lived one suburb away from me, and I literally went and spent the next two weeks with her um, learning all about human design. And I kind of just made a promise to the universe. I was like, okay, well, I promise that I'll run the experiment. That's what I'll promise. I will do my strategy and authority. I'll learn about my design. Um, and then if I get results, then I will integrate it. And it didn't take me long to integrate it into my corporate business. And at the time I was coaching like the C-suite, I was an executive coach, performance coach, running workshops in a very masculine corporate environment. And I remember when I first introduced it, I was like, oh, so I've got this new modality and I need your birth time so I can get your chart. And like it probably freaked me out. Like I would be in sweats. I would, you know, be blushing all the things, which is very, you know, very unlike me in that environment, at least these days. Like I used to be like that a lot, but, um, and of course my clients, cause we'd built up such a great rapport. They were like, yeah, sure. Here's all my details. And what I noticed was even though I'd used things like eDisc for a long time and got great results for my clients, all of a sudden everything amplified because we were no longer talking about, um, you know, a, just an archetype. We were talking about themes that they had a say in, the way they expressed them. It was teaching them how to make decisions that were aligned to the way they're designed to make decisions. Um, really getting them into this way that they're designed to dance with the universe through their strategy. So as we started to implement, I could just see everything amplify and magnify. And I was like, well, well, I need to, you know, follow the bouncing ball. I need to, as being an MG, I just have to keep responding and keep responding. And then it just took on a life of its own, to be honest. And to see all the transformation that I've seen, you know, I've done thousands of hours. I've worked with thousands of people now, and it just lights me up every day to see people set free from their conditioning and finally create lives that they're proud of, that they love, that that light them up every day. I can just hear the passion in your voice and just seeing you um, light up when you're talking about it. it makes me energized. Now, you mentioned it's so satisfying to see the improvements from your clients. What are some of the like personal and professional benefits of understanding your human design? One thing that's really powerful that I see so often is especially people who are on their personal development or spiritual development journey or career development journey, they're fo usually focusing on something specific. 
and they're trying so hard to change that thing about themselves. You know, they've, they've got the coaches, they're running the strategies, but things aren't shifting or they're shifting a little bit, but then they're bouncing right back. And the thing that human design really helps us understand is that there's nothing broken. That doesn't, that thing doesn't need fixing. It actually needs to be embraced in some way. Now, let me give you an example. One of the things for me uh, is that I've always known since I was tiny that I was going to have a big impact. I've always known that. And I grew up, if you like, once I changed careers from advertising and and became a performance coach and a behavioralist, um, one of the things that I was told over and over and over again is like, you have to be consistent. You have to be consistent. You have to do the same things every day. That's how you succeed. And that was really hard for me. I find it really hard to show up every day and do exactly the same thing. And then starting to understand my human design, I was like, wow, I'm a, an emotional person. So that means there is, there is no consistency. I'm always going up and down in my emotional wave. Um, and I'm also a manifesting generator. So I'm a non-linear being. Throw into the mix that I'm a line three, meaning that I'm always in this trial and error which makes it hard for consistency, that all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I have to ask myself a better question. Not why am I not consistent? The better question is what does consistency mean for me? And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, of course, I do turn up every day for myself. It's just it doesn't look the same way every day. But if I look at my results, I have the results. I'm doing the things that I want to do. I'm achieving the goals that I want to achieve. But I spent all that time trying to shove myself into this masculine 24 hour, do the same thing every day, be very consistent, very linear. And I just couldn't. No matter what I did, I couldn't change it. And I wasn't meant to change it. So this is where a lot of the, the what I see so much is that people are really trying to change and fix things about themselves that don't need fixing, but they're just expressing them maybe from the shadow state or from a fear expression. And instead they need to embrace it. They need to lean in and go, wow, this is my superpower. So I need to learn. There is a challenge here. I need to, you know, um, integrate whatever that fear is and let it go. But on the, on the flip side, there's a superpower. So I've really discovered that my inconsistency is my superpower, like letting myself ebb and flow, leaning into when I have energy, leaning into when I want to be um, alone and those sort of things. Is, this is it's epic because this is happening in all of us. We're trying to change ourselves and we don't need to change. We just need to look at it differently. So with human design gaining so much popularity, I think recently, I mean, I, I would say, what is it, over the last couple of years or so, um, how do you envision the role of personal development and spirituality to like change because of this popularity in the years to come? Yeah. Wow. I love that question. I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is, you know, very similar to my journey is we need to shift out of I'm science-based or I'm spiritually based because they're not separate. You know, our history tells us that science focuses on the scene and spirituality focuses on the unseen, but we don't have the scene without the unseen. They, they, They aren't separate. You know, they're not separatable. You can't have the body without the mind. You can't have the body without the spirit. So I think a large part of this is how things are going to shift and change is that we we have to shift from being told what to do into listening to our own internal guidance because we're so conditioned to look external of, our, of ourselves like 
you say, okay, well, I want to earn lots of money doing what I love. Well, who's out there earning lots of money doing what they love? Now I need to go and do exactly what they, what they do. But what human design says, and, um, you know, we call it the science of differentiation. What human design says is, okay, I want to earn lots of money and have a big impact. Radio, what does that feel like? Who do I need to be? What are my superpowers? Um, how can I lean into my design and how is that going to influence the person that I want to become? Then if I follow my strategy and authority, all of a sudden the teachers that I need will show up. The opportunities I need will show up. And then I will actually be, you know, in most cases responding to life instead of trying to force it and push it and shove it. So simply put, in my opinion, the big shift is shifting the power. Shifting the power from the authorities, whatever they might be, that might be our education system, that might be the media, that might be governments, that might be any sort of gurus out there, and shifting it back internal, back to that place where, you know, they can all do and say and have what what they want, I don't mind, but I'm actually guided internally by my own journey, by my own internal guidance system, by my connection to, to source, to spirit to God, whatever you call it, by my connection to my physical body that's always giving me biofeedback all the time, by my connection to, um, you know, my environment, what's going on around me. So it's really shifting, as I love to say, shifting the power from the few to the many. That's what I think is the most important thing about moving forward with, with human design because ultimately that's what needs to change. We need to stop giving our power away to a few people, a few white men, and we have to start putting the power back in our own hearts and letting our hearts and our souls guide us as individuals because that path that we're here to fulfill is how we serve this planet. It's how we save this planet. It's how we you know, love and lift up everyone else. So we have to start believing in ourselves and our own ability to make good decisions to fulfill our dharma, our, our, to heal our karma, to become the person that we came here to be because planet Earth needs us to be that right now. Goosebumps. Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> Everything about that, yes. <laughs> where, where would you recommend women to start if they have not, based off of their upbringing and and everything that you can think about and imagine that they've been through, they're a little bit scared to go on this journey of like, I don't even know, I don't even, I can't even, I don't even know if I trust myself. Like where yeah. would, where can you start? Well, I love this question. Um, and I feel like I revisit it on my podcast all the time. I've just actually done an episode on self-belief. So, you know, love you can that. always go and check out that. We'll um, drop that in the description. Amazing. But it all starts, and like I say in this episode, like it all starts with a choice. We're conditioned to think that self-belief is something that is that we are given or that we, you know, it's deemed upon us over time, or we have to work hard for it, or we have to do the things for it. And that's just not true. It's not true at all. Self-choice, uh, self-belief is a choice. It's a choice that we make in every moment. And the first thing that you can do, I highly recommend because we are our beliefs. We create the reality, we create our life from our, our, our identity. And our identity is made up of our beliefs and our attitudes and our values. And it's to pick up this belief. And that is that no matter what comes my way, I know I can handle it. 
And this is the core of self-belief. It's building internal certainty. It's that ability to build grit and resilience. It's that ability to love ourselves, even in the moments where we maybe made choices that we're not proud of, or we made mistakes and our conditioning teaches us to punish ourselves from that. It's that moment that we choose, you know what, I'm going to choose me. I'm going to choose to to parent myself, to love myself in this moment. I'm going to choose to take the harder decision that's going to be better for me in the long run. But it's always a choice. It's about starting to prioritize your needs. Like most women don't even know what their needs are. Get clear on what you need. What do you need from the simple things like, you know, I I need a nice moisturizer, things that you don't have a big attachment to because it's a great place to start, the, the things that we're not so attached to, to the bigger things. I need to be heard. I need to be understood. I need to be supported. Like get clear on those needs and then believe that you deserve them. And just keep showing up for yourself. Choose to back yourself. Choose to be on your own team. Choose to speak to yourself as your, you know, greatest hero, not your greatest critic. Because in every moment we can use the excuse that we're falling back on our conditioning, on our low self-worth, on what we've been taught about ourselves. The moment, and I mean, I come from a place where my rock bottom was seven years of the deepest, darkest depression where I questioned life itself many times from panic disorder, where I lived in a panic attack 24-7. And the, the fundamental shift was that I started to choose me. You know, I did it through meditation. I did it through gratitude, but I just chose me every day. And that that's what we have to do. We have to, no more waiting around and waiting for someone to come in and save us. We have to save ourselves. We have to be our own heroes. So Emma, now that we have a good understanding of what human design is and the benefits of human design, where can someone start? You know, where can they, number one, get their human design chart and how can they start analyzing it and getting the benefits out of what their findings are? Human design can be complicated, okay, but don't let that be the reason why you don't get into it. We've simplified it in such a way that you can just go to my website, get your free chart, and then head over to the Human Design Podcast, my podcast, and then there is an episode on every part of that chart. Now, all I would say is just let your intuition guide you. What feels exciting? What are you drawn to? Uh, What do you want to learn about? At the end of the day, if you just dive in, get to know your type, strategy and authority and start experimenting with it, which basically means just instead of making a decision from the mind, so I'm an emotional authority. So when I started my experiment, I was like, okay, I need to take my time. I need to sleep on it. I'm waiting for emotional clarity. What does that mean for me? So instead of making decisions on the spot, even though I, at the time I was working in a situation where everyone wanted or living with people expecting an instant decision from me. So I was just like, I'm just going to tell them, I'll tell them later. Um, Give me a day. I'll come back to you tomorrow. And I just started experimenting with it. Um, Of course, I started making much better decisions. It took no time to reteach people how to treat me. And then all of a sudden I was like, wow, I want to know more. I want to know more. So I would go deeper into my chart. So that's what I would recommend. Get your free chart, head over to the podcast, and then let your intuition guide you. And of course, the most important is 
get to know your strategy and authority and experiment with it. Just do it. Just take imperfect action in the direction of your dreams. My strategy says wait for the invitation and my inner authority says splenic. So being a projector, so projectors have to wait for the invitation. So one of the big things for you guys is that you're on the planet to be a guide and projectors have their people. Now, When you have your people that you're here to guide, then you will find that you'll receive invitations for that. So people will literally ask you for your your wisdom, your guidance. Um, However, a lot of projectors, because they're on the planet to be seen and acknowledged, they they're conditioned to try and force that. You know, they live in this world where they've been taught to hustle and force and push and you know, make people see them. But that's not how you're going to work to your greatest capacity, to your greatest fulfillment or potential. Your potential lies in you saying, wow, I love this thing. Whatever this thing is, I love it. And I'm going to dive deep into it. I'm going to share it with anyone who listens to me. And I have no need for people to pick it up or to do this with it or to blah, 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 blah. I don't need any of that. I just love this thing. And what happens when you follow that People can't help but listen to you. Like my um, one of my personal trainers, she's um, a projector and her sister and her have a business together. They're both projectors, one's self-directed and one's a mental projector, so very, very projectory projectors. And they are exceptional. Like they are exceptional. They understand every muscle of the body. Like that's the thing they obsess about. So what do we do? We're like, oh, my God, tell me more. Oh, my God, tell me more. Oh, God, oh, like and that's their invitation, you know, that's the invitation. Now, you're a splenic projector or splenic, meaning that you have to listen to your intuition. It's spontaneous. It's in the moment. It doesn't lead up to anything or um, lead out of anything. So you'll be walking down the street and all of a sudden you're just going to be like, oh my God, I need to write a blog post on that thing. Okay. So go write the blog post on that thing because that's not going to come around again, but that blog post is really important. Or, oh, I must ring so-and-so about coffee. Or so the splenic projector is like in the moment, very spontaneous. You are paying attention to those intuitive hits and then acting on them. But the thing is, is it's only going to, it's only going to happen once, you know? So you can't be like, oh, um, you know, if you get a splenic kit, let's say to leave your job and you're new to the experiments, you haven't built up confidence yet. You haven't built up self-belief. That's not going to come around again in exactly that way. But if you don't take it, well, so be it. There'll be another opportunity later on. But when you get into your experiment and you've been doing your human design for a while, you'll just get that one splenic hit and go, oh, I'm out. I'm out. I know I'm done. You know, I don't need to talk about it. I don't need to anything. I just know that I'm going. So, It's really about just experimenting with that because what you'll probably find is you have a tendency to go to the mind. So you get the intuitive hit and then all of a sudden you're in your head going, should I, shouldn't I, what are the pros, what are the cons, what would happen if I did, and you're losing the magic. So especially with the the splenic authority, the more you listen to your splenic hits, the more they get, the louder they'll get, the clearer they'll get, the more you'll be be able to trust them uh, and you'll stop going into the head. Because with human design, it's also teaching us to get out of the head and into the body. For All decisions need to be made there. When I get those hits, it's a full body experience where I'm tingling all over and it's yep. like, it's like my spider senses and I'm like, okay, what's going on? Some, yeah. <laughs> something's happening. <laughs> and that's exactly right. You know, like that's exactly what a splenic response is. You'll have a physical response in the body. That's like, pay attention, whatever just came in then pay attention. 
Um, and it, you know, it's something to, to act on. Okay. Thank you so much for educating me a little bit about mine. And so everyone can go to your website to get the free chart, download it. Now, as you're going through, I know, I think you've mentioned, you call it like the experiment and I'm, is that just going through the motions of understanding more about your chart when you say the experiment? Yeah. So the experiment, when human design was actually brought into the world, one of the primary principles was that it was an experiment. And what that actually means is that there's all this knowledge and we're going to share all the knowledge, but it doesn't come to life until you experiment with it, until you actually dive in and take part in it, you take action. So that's what, when I talk about the experiment, it's actually integrating what you've learned. A lot of people get as far as the knowledge, but they don't integrate. They don't actually run the experiment. Now, in um, um, on my podcast, I've got a whole roadmap where you can dive in, get your chart, and just follow the roadmap. And it goes through each part of the chart and how to run each part, each experiment. Because ultimately, it's again, as I said earlier, like it's about you being in the driver's seat. So unless you're living these things and running this experiment and understanding what these things mean for you, then you're never going to change. You're never going to make better decisions. Um, You're never going to fully trust yourself. So the experiment is all about living your design as opposed to just learning your design. Now, if you could address the naysayers, some critics would argue that human design is not based on scientific evidence. How would you respond to those skeptics? Well, again, I, for me, it's all results driven. The, one of the big things with naysayers, and it's funny, I had this great interview recently, another projector, it's, you know, you guys love this stuff. You love, love diving deep into stuff. And she was like, we need to, what about the science? And the truth is, is that there's a lot of science that sits in human design. I mean, when we talk about where we get the reading, our birth time reading, it's from subatomic particles called neutrinos. Now there's a, there's a facility in Japan right now, millions of dollars have been poured into this facility to study neutrinos and the effect on the planet, on humans and everything in between. Like this is a real thing. This is science. At the end of the day, although there is not research yet, and this is definitely something that my team and I want to build ourselves, are you getting results? If you're getting results, if you look, because I know for me, my life is fundamentally different. I, you know, I have a huge business that I adore. I don't feel like I work every day. I'm surrounded by people that I absolutely love. I live exactly where I want to live. I earn a ton of money. I travel all the time. I have two incredible children. I have the results. So that was the thing for me that got me across the line from, well, it's not scientific because I was that person, but it didn't, doesn't matter because am I getting the results? And all these people I've worked with, they're getting the results. And at the end of the day, successful people, they're not going to be stopped by a research piece. They're going to run the experiment for themselves and decide, do I get the results or do I not get the results? And this is the thing that I would encourage everyone to do because, again, it's all about that power. Are you going to sit back and wait for someone else to tell you if something works or not or are you going to jump in, get messy and see if it works for you? I mean, there's that's two very, very different positions. Either you're in your power, you're running the experiment, or you're waiting for someone else sitting there powerless, waiting to be directed in, you know, wherever they think is best for you to go. And for me personally, I'm out. I'm done being told what to do by other people and what's good for me and what's bad for me, because most of the advice that I've received over the years isn't good. You know, I was diagnosed with depression and panic disorder and told I was never going to heal it, that I would learn to manage it. I nearly took my own life because of that diagnosis. Now, gratefully for me, in my journey and my story, 
I was like, mm, there's a part of me that knows if I can find out how I got into this seat, I can get myself out of this seat. And it was just lucky that that drive, that knowing was bigger than the fear of living with that mental health for the rest of my life. You know, my, my drive to live and to thrive was so much stronger. And at the time it wasn't, it was just hanging in the balance. So for me, that's what I would say. I would say like, go run your experiment, be your own guru, get your own results, like take responsibility for your life. And if it works for you, brilliant. If it doesn't, then find something that does, but don't sit around waiting for someone else to save you because they're not coming. If you could leave a message or give advice to your past self, what would you say and why? This is my favorite question I get to ask every guest. (laughs) Uh, I would say, you've got this and you have all the answers. They'll show up in time. If I was asked this a few years ago, I would have been like, oh, well, tell her it's all going to work out and tell her it's going to be this and tell her it's going to be that. But now, like having had such a roller coaster of a life up until this point, I would just wanted to know that that part of you, you know, that little tiny part of you that knows everything is going to be extraordinary, it's right. You're right. It's all going to be okay. Just believe in yourself. That's wonderful. Emma, just your profound knowledge and insight on human design is exciting. It's invigorating. I hope everyone goes out there, goes to your website, gives it a try, partakes in the experiment, tries something new, and just be open-minded about it. Thank you so much for your time and spending it with me. Oh, you're so welcome. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Yours Truly podcast. If you're ready to start your human design journey and get your free map, head on over to the episode description box where we'll link all of those resources. And if you're ready to join in on the magic every single Thursday, hit that follow button on Apple and Spotify. And don't forget to smash the bell icon to be alerted when new episodes drop every Thursday. And hey, why not share this with your friends too and leave a review? Thank you so much for listening. And this is yours truly signing off.